Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Welcome to episode number 113 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. With me this week, I have Dustin Galker, Adam Candy. You can follow them on the Twitter machine, and you should. It's free at Dustin Galker, at Adam Candy, two E's, no Y. And I say each and every week at the beginning of all of these shows, guys, and I'll admit, uh, that's kind of a lie. I was out the last two weeks uh, vacationing, more like refreshing, getting pumped up, getting, you know, all of the all of the juices back, creative juices back flowing and all of that as we head into football season, five months of of the grind. And so um glad to be back in the saddle here. Glad to uh, be back on this pod to learn some things that I did not. I'll admit I didn't follow anything over the last two weeks whenever I was out. I didn't read anything. I didn't read a single thing. I didn't even read a menu. I was just like, just bring me food. I don't care. I'm not even worried about all that. So it's uh, great to be back here. We're going to talk about what's going on in New York. We'll talk about points bet and some money maybe heading their way Arizona what's going on there of course we'll get the big state updates from Adam as well but you may have noticed if you have downloaded any of the sports betting apps on your phone over the last couple of years you might have noticed that uh, you got an update here over the last uh, 48 hours Dustin and it is a big name that we are saying goodbye to yeah, William Hill largely being retired uh, in the U.S. as an online betting app. Uh, we, we knew this was coming. Caesars bought the U.S. operations of William Hill uh, as and part of that plan was to, to start leveraging the Caesars Sportsbook with William Hill technology. That actually came to fruition starting earlier this week. And uh, I think mostly mostly complete around the country some states a little different than others but you're you're largely going to be greeted with a Caesar sportsbook app now uh, across the country uh, I think it's a little wonky still in Nevada where you guys are as well you're still going to see a William Hill app I believe uh, moving forward until they until they figure that out but uh, yeah this is a part of Caesar's larger plan to you know start competing with the the big boys in in sports betting DraftKings FanDuel and MGM and we'll see if this is the first step toward that that uh, that goal becoming reality. Yeah, Adam, this was one of the things that I was going to say as Dustin was giving his spiel right there is like, yes, except no, I because uh, I have the the apps on my phone because I like to check out all the different things from across the country. I saw the update on the rest of rest of country app 
And of course, here in Nevada, we still have William Hill. And this is kind of a thing that we have going on here in Nevada where they kind of operate. We well, I should say we, you know, we live here kind of operate in our own little ecosystem, known little bubble here as to where the rest of the country all operates on different platforms, different. I mean, sometimes completely different apps and completely different menus and all of that. That's some of the, one of the things that uh, I even noticed this morning. I got a BetMGM uh, app update that said, oh, all, all of your, you know, every every app is found in one place now do you just change the state within the app except for nevada in which you have the bed mgm nevada app so it's interesting because there's 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 like nevada and then there's the rest of the united states right now if you were to go look for william hill in the app store you would find five count them five different apps because you would get the three separate apps that they have for illinois for washington dc and for Nevada, there is a Caesars Sportsbook by William Hill Nevada app. And then there is also the legacy William Hill Nevada app. So have fun with that. Uh, anyone in Nevada with two different apps for the same sportsbook. And then there is the main Caesars Sportsbook app, which when you search for William Hill pops up. So nothing new here. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that uh, Nevada's app technology is willingly Stone Age. Um, the sports books want to make sure that the sharper betters that are here in Las Vegas and Nevada don't have access to the same type of products that uh, the rest of the country has access to. They want to stay in the dark ages with those. And so that's their choice. Uh, but what's going to be interesting now is that as this push continues across the country with Caesars replacing William Hill, guys, they sit on their earnings call last night. They are committing one billion with a B dollars to customer acquisition over the next two plus years. Um, now, that sounds like a big number until you realize that FanDuel and DraftKings have been tossing $750 million a year at marketing. And so you almost wonder if that's enough to keep up. Yeah, and Dustin, one of the other things I wanted to mention uh, about this is just the the move here from William Hill to Caesars. I mean, it is one of the things where us who have lived in the bubble for a long time understand what William Hill is, the kind of the the big name that William Hill is in the gambling industry, in the gambling world. But um, one of the things I think that maybe, you know, people, if we step outside the bubble, rest of country, rest of even world, if you want to, um, I understand this move to Caesars because I think Caesars within the United States certainly holds a more, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you can go and find a Caesars casino. You can find a Caesars brand. You're getting emails that are coming from Caesars entertainment and stuff. So I can understand why they want to make that move and, and really go ahead. And as we get into, before we get into football season, I should say rebrand into Caesars from William Hill. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly a much more valuable brand than William Hill. You know, we've seen sportsbook operators from Penn National to everyone else look at ways to increase their brand. Uh, you know, uh, that, and this is an, the easiest way. Like, yeah, outside of us, and you know, even if you're into sports betting, you're like, what's a William Hill? You might you're like mm -hmm. you, it has no no name name recognition unless you're in Nevada or you know, there's a few there's been a few land based places around the country you might have heard of William before. It doesn't have any value, and you're like, it does, like if you're trying to market William Hill, it just doesn't resonate here in the U.S. So Caesars 
it's, this is a no-brainer from that standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, to say, oh, here's a Caesars brand. People have likely heard of the Caesars property in Nevada, or as you said, there's Caesars properties kind of in a, in a lot of states around the country. So it's uh, much better there. You can link this to Caesars Rewards as well. Um, you know, you're trying to get online casino as well, because Caesars is, is much more of a, is also a, a casino brand uh, as it rolls out across the country. So it just makes a ton of sense that this is this is a brand. With Adam on the on a billion dollars, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean... This is the, co- I mean, we've said this many times. This is the cost of, of trying to compete. If you want to compete, that is what you have to do. You either have to do something drastic like buy a brand. You know, Caesars already thinks it has the good brand. There's not really a reason for it to, to purchase something or to spend inane amounts of money. And that you know, when you see here a billion dollars, it sound like, sounds like an inane amount of money, but that's, you know, if they want to compete, it's not going to just be opening the doors and saying, hey, come back to Caesar Sportsbook. It's putting a ton of money into customer acquisition. And Adam, circling back to to Nevada here, I think one of the other things that maybe we're not seeing the rebrand completely just yet is it seems like they still have a lot to work out here in Nevada because one of the things with them being a third-party operator up until recently with Caesars buying them, they are present and and very present inside other casino brands right now. And so you have, you know, if you went over to, let's call it the Venetian or Palazzo right now, it is the William Hill Sportsbook inside the Venetian Palazzo, but now it's owned by Caesars. And so you're probably not going to find like the Caesars Sportsbook inside the Venetian Palazzo or, you know, all of these other casinos that were using William Hill as their sports betting provider. So we're probably going to see also, you know, I'm going to get Cosmopolitan is another casino here on the strip that was using William Hill that you're probably going to see a new operator. So there's probably still some logistics to be worked out here in Nevada as well as to what are these other properties going to do with their sportsbook? It really has to do with those smaller properties as well. I mean, there are the William Hill brand is ubiquitous in Nevada, largely because they cornered a lot of that retail market early on uh, before mobile sports betting caught on uh, in a lot of different places in Nevada uh, before the companies that are involved now decided to really invest heavily in it. So it'll be fascinating to watch. I'm looking forward to playing with the Caesar Sportsbook by William Hill Nevada app to see how it compares to the <laughs> legacy William Hill Nevada app. Yeah, no, definitely. I've uh, I've looked at the new at this new app after the rebrand or whatever. Of course, it's, it looks it looks different. It looks new. It looks slick. They did a redesign and all of that. And I think that there will be customers out there that will be drawn to it. I thought that it was a, a pretty good job done by them in this one. All right, Adam, let's uh, we can't get through a podcast without talking about New York. So let me kick it to you. And uh, what's going over there? And really, would you want to? Uh, no, I mean, you you want to talk New York? Uh, the first bids for mobile sports betting in New York are due on Monday. Uh, there was another round of Q and A released by the New York State Gaming Commission. Really didn't dive too far into anything else. We didn't learn a whole lot uh, about what is expected of operators. And as Dustin and I chatted about a little bit last week, uh, the most fascinating part of all of this is when the bids finally are viewed in some way, shape or form to see what sort of uh, sportsbook Voltron has come together to try to put in for one of these super bids, because we've heard so many rumors now about sportsbooks and platforms coming together in order to place a bid with this expected north of 50 percent, 55, 60 percent revenue share uh, to be offered to the state of New York. One more thing to add in about this, and this has been brought up in a few places, and I think Dustin's dealt with it on Twitter. And we actually wrote about this when Andrew Cuomo's scandals first began. 
Uh, the report that came out from the New York Attorney General today or yesterday has led some people to ask us, well, what happens to mobile sports betting in New York if Cuomo resigns? And the answer is nothing. Uh, this has been passed. This is in law. This is in the budget. It, they're not going to go back and change anything now just because Cuomo is gone and Cuomo is the driving force behind the idea of having a uh, state run monopoly on sportsbook. Like this is done. It could potentially, if Cuomo were not there, mean that the timeline to go back and redo something in future years is shortened. But keep in mind that the bidding process right now rewards sportsbooks for larger revenue share with longer term licenses. And so if someone's going to be granted a 10 year license at certain terms, you might be looking at the state of New York saying, hey, you know what? This works pretty well for us. It might take underperformance in some way for them to be willing to go and say, all right, we're going to try to change this up. Dustin, that is not the only uh, New York news that we have coming out this week. Uh, what do we have in the DFS world? I mean, this is like throwback year where we're, we're yeah. talking about DFS and, and laws and uh, <laughs> kind of wild. This is what we were doing back in 2015 and 16. But the the case that has been around for a long time the, about the legality of the DFS law that New York passed back in 2016, that there's a court case that that started back then soon after that law got passed. And uh, two different courts along the way in New York have, have deemed the, the law that they passed to be uh, against the Constitution. And that you know, basically that you know, we 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 learn now is that this this is finally being held or heard at the the final appeal stop in New York, and there's a court date set in October for this to start getting heard. So this is now we're now to the end game of this five years later. But uh, I, I, we we we've been writing about this story for a long time. But the the really interesting dynamic here is if this this if DraftKings and FanDuel or I mean, in fact, actually the state of New York loses this case because they're the ones defending it as they they. they pass this law and they have to say, oh, this is they're defending the law that they can regulate and, and legalize DFS. Um, the, the end game is that DraftKings and Vandal and anybody else who, who, who was operating in New York, in theory, would have to pull out for daily fantasy sports. But we also believe and think that DraftKings and Vandal are likely to be the, the sports betting operators in New York. That would be a wild scenario that we're <laughs> sitting here in 2021 where they can, DraftKings and Vandal can operate, operate sports betting can operate DFS. And as, as you know, and I like to speculate this, this, that whole law was basically, you know, the turning point for DraftKings and FanDuel. That mm -hmm. doesn't, that didn't happen. We are not sitting here probably talking about oh, both no. of those brands being number one and number two in us sports. Being. There's a, there's some question about whether one or both of those companies would still be in existence without that New York, New York law. Because if you, if you recall or, or not up to speed, that was the, basically the, that was the like breathed life into legalization efforts across the country. If they had to pull out of New York, their their revenue would have decreased uh, immensely in the short term back in 2016. So it's a, it's a wild scenario. Um, but you know, who knows? I, I, I doesn't. But it does. But going back to Adam and the, the point about that, it doesn't affect you know sports betting or what's going on there, especially the Cuomo stuff. But it is mm -hmm. also wild to think about Cuomo. You know, if they had waited on this bill, like <laughs> maybe I mean they're doing this to appease like. For some somehow Cuomo is leveraging a lot of power still in the budget process and like basically got the sports betting plan that he wanted. If they had waited, maybe we would have gotten a better sports betting plan. But that's all like Radham says, that's water under the bridge. We are where we are. So we're, the hope is that without Cuomo in power, that we can pot that there's a possibility to revise the law in the future. If that happens, I mean, as obviously as we're sitting here, who knows, uh, he is still in power and has not resigned. But that's it's increasingly looking difficult for him to, to survive the process here. It certainly does look like that might not be the case by the time we record 
next week. Um, Adam, let's we talked about Caesars and one billion dollars that they are going to invest into sports betting. And, you know, you even raised the question. Could that even be enough because of the spend that's going on with everybody else and still trying to play catch up? I think that they would. I think we would all be fair to say that, you know, they are a distant, distant fourth, fifth, something like that. You know, when it comes to to everything right now with with MGM and FanDuel and and DraftKings being up there. Now we have PointsBet, who has been around since the since the beginning here, an Australian company that is trying to really break through in the United States. They have uh, uh, mentioned that they're going to be getting some more money into play here as well, but it's even less than the $1 billion you were talking. Yeah, when we talk scale, uh, we're generally talking about PointsBet operating on a much smaller scale than a lot of the other operators in the United States, they're going to raise $300 million, uh, which again, no small amount when it comes to uh, being able to market yourself. But when you're trying to compete against the war chests that we just talked about, it's far less. They released that information as part of talking about their fiscal year uh, from last year in which they reported an operating loss just south of $90 million. Um, again, operating loss is not anything all that uncommon when we talk about uh, sports books in the U.S. space. Uh, points bet still has a ways to go, though. I mean, the largest market share that it can report is south of 8% in New Jersey and Illinois. Now, those are two good markets to have 8%. 8% does mean something uh, in terms of the handle there, but it also highlights the fact that points bet had made a pretty large wager on Illinois being one of the states that they could make real headway in with the in-person registration requirement. They had gotten themselves a great location uh, on the edges of Chicago. And then the pandemic hit and Governor Pritzker opened up the market for remote registration. FanDuel and DraftKings were no longer uh, the targets of Neil Bloom and Bet Rivers, at least in uh, terms of accuracy of target uh, anymore. And so that kind of set points bet back a bit. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they do plan to play in all of the upcoming states. And, you know, I think it's one of those companies where over the course of the next few years, you could see them take a little jump up and maybe establish themselves around fifth or sixth, uh, you know, nationally in terms of uh, in terms of share. But the question is going to be, is that going to be enough? Is that going to generate profit mm -hmm. or is this a company that ultimately is going to consolidate uh, and be sold maybe to one of the larger operators as they build up a database? Yeah, that was where I was going with this, Dustin, is kind of like you look at points bet and you see these other companies that have been bought out to this point. And we've talked about that there are still some people lurking out there that may or may not be looking to get in, you know, officially into sports betting. Of course, ESPN being the very, very big, you know, very, very top of all of that and whatnot. You do have a points bet company that has their own software, that has their own app. They operate their own line. So it's, it's, you would be buying kind of a turnkey solution here with, you know, the acquisition of that company or something. So I don't know. I, I guess I've always just looked at points bet, and perhaps this is just wrong and a, a wrong opinion that I that I've had. But I, I kind of always looked at them as a company that's just kind of hanging out until they get bought. Is that something that you've felt at all along the along the way? Or have you looked? Do you kind of think that, OK, you know, look, slow and steady. Maybe they just kind of outlast and, and end up in that, you know, top five range. And if you're in the top five range in a robust U.S. market, we're still in the infancy of all this. That's that's plenty. 
I mean, I think M and A is what makes the most sense for them for mm-hmm. sure. I don't know if it's like clearly just oh they just did this to be bought. I think they think mm-hmm. they have a chance, and I think they've done well with what they mm-hmm. with what they've done honestly. For sure. But but yeah, you're, I mean, you look at the you know if we're talking about the short term horizon, you know, we're far from done for sports betting. It's not FanDuel and DraftKings and BetMGM until till sunset. Like they there's people who can cut in, but if you're looking over a short shorter horizon, like it's hard it's hard to see you, how do you get past. You know, you're now you're also competing with now uh, now Caesars, Bally's, which has put zillions of dollars into this barstool, which we haven't even talked about yet on in the, all of this. Like, how are you getting into that top three and, and also like getting past all of those? What is your story? What is your narrative and what is your plan to do that? You know, three hundred million dollars is nice. But is that again, we're ta- like, it, like it's hard to dismiss it, but it's not that much money in, in the grand right. scheme of things to do this. You have you're going up against just absolutely massive companies that uh, that have, that are putting much more money into this and, and you know already have better established brands. So, you know, I, it makes it's what makes the most sense to me is points bet getting acquired by somebody. I don't know who that somebody is. Um, but, yeah, for the short term, you know, I think they they continue. I mean, they have good product, too. I think uh, I think we'd all agree with that. Yeah, they have a good, they have a good yeah. app. Um, they do, they do things a little differently. Um, you know, I, I, I like the company, but it is hard to see, you know, where, like, you know, maybe they continue to get the branding out there. Points bet becomes a little bit more, uh, not a household name, but a name known around sports betting and they do something. But I, I I'd say M&A fodder is the thing that makes the most sense. And we'll see whether that happens, uh, in the not in over the next few years or even sooner. Adam, we're talking about Arizona and how fast that kind of all came about. The the you know the partnerships were uh, rapid. Uh, we know that the law basically the ink wasn't even dry. We started hearing about d- deals that were getting done. We know that there's deals with with you know the racetrack there. We know TPC Scottsdale. We know the the Suns, the Mercury. We know that everybody is 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 partnering up there so that these guys can get access to that state. Uh, It looks like we are starting to at least look like maybe we have an idea of who all is going to be able to get in because almost all of the partnerships have been taken at this point. Uh, What are we looking at there in Arizona? Well, that's the interesting part here is that we've had now nearly uh, double digit partnerships announced and yet we haven't handed out a license yet. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's no guarantee that everybody announcing a partnership gets a license, although you would think that that would be the case. Mm-hmm. But the licensing process is ongoing here on August 4th with a planned September 9th launch. Uh, Twin Spires finds its partner with the Tonto Apache tribe. And that now means that let's uh, make sure I have this accurately. Bally's, Barstool, Caesars, DraftKings, FanDuel, Kindred, PointsBet, WinBet along with Twin Spires, are into the Arizona market. There are 20 total licenses to be handed out in Arizona, 10 between teams or professional sports organizations and sports books, 10 for tribal gaming interests. Now, there is a process in place if there are more than 20 applicants for sports betting in Arizona. Uh, we don't know if that will be the case yet. 20 has, has shown in most jurisdictions to be a pretty high amount of licenses. Um, it is a fairly accessible market. Uh, you're looking at a 10% tax on uh, mobile sports betting revenue. So it's not a market that is going to cost a lot to get into. And it does have all four professional sports teams and a pretty thriving spring training and visitation. So lots of ways to potentially uh, skin that cat in Arizona. And it'll be interesting to see uh, if we get all the way up to 20 announced before the licensing is done. 
Dustin, I know that the original target was to have everything up and running by football season down there in Arizona. We sit here August 4. We know that football season starts in a month. Uh, is that Does that seem possible to you now that we know that we, we have all these partnerships? Yeah, but as Adam just mentioned, ain't nobody got a license right now. Yeah, I mean, officials doubled down recently saying they're going to hit the September 9th deadline of of trying to launch sports betting. So, I mean, I'm, I guess that we have to listen to them until we're presented with uh, information to the, to the contrary. But yeah, it's wild that we're sitting, we don't even know who's licensed. Like you're just apparently, you know, you're just going to, you're going to depend that, you know, that these, these applicants who are vetted in other states are, are, are vetted to your specifications and that you're okay. You're okay with what, what is already gone. And you're just piggybacking what other people have done. Cause there is not going to be some, some great uh, regulatory vetting process here on any sports book that's launching uh, in us. And, you know, maybe there is, maybe it isn't needed, but it's, very different from what we've seen in any other state that there is a long, long run up from, from law and regulation to, uh, to actually launching other than Indiana, which I think we see it was, was one of the fastest in, in several months from, from law to, to launch. So yeah, I, I guess, you know, it's, it's wild to me that it's going to, it seems it's going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm still a little bearish that they do that because like you said, there is a lot to still do in Arizona, um, to get, to get there, but that's, that's what they're telling us is September 9th. You're going to have online sports betting in, in Arizona or some sort of sports betting. Adam, uh, going back to one of the things that you said about Arizona, which I think is, uh, you know, something that I've thought about as well, but I, I want to drive it home here because you mentioned it. But, you know, with Arizona, it is one of those kind of like under the radar kind of guy tourist attraction places with all the golf courses there in Scottsdale. And you mentioned the, 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 the pro sports teams that are there in Phoenix, the Phoenix airport is also a hub for a couple of different airlines as well. So there could be people who are just sitting in a layover who might decide that they want to, you know, get in on some action or something like that. I think whenever we look at Arizona and yeah, the population doesn't just jump off the page to you. And when you talk about major cities, there isn't a whole, you know, they're in a slew of major cities or something like that in Arizona. But I do think kind of an under the, radar market here that might do some numbers that end up surprising some people, especially like, you know, again, I keep saying this, but with, with DraftKings having a sports book at one of these destination golf courses where people are going to be going and spending two and three days and all that, I think there could be some interesting numbers come out of Arizona. Without question. And also keep in mind that the Glendale area, the part of the Phoenix Valley is in the regular rotation for both the Super Bowl and the mm. college football playoff national championship so that being the case you have big draw events and matt i'll throw something back to you because it's only a half hour drive from henderson uh, where i live mm. over the hoover dam if <laughs> folks who are in las vegas want to be able to get some action on certain sports books that they're not able to access here in nevada that will definitely be available in arizona listen i know idiots who uh, drive like to California to get in uh, daily fantasy lineups and, and able who are, you know, so that they can do that legally. And I can only imagine that some idiots uh, are going to be possibly heading across the, the border down there to take advantage of some of these offerings that we do not get here in Nevada. And, you know, it is, uh, listen, I, uh, I've flown, I have flown, what is full disclosure here? We'll pull back the curtain a little bit. I have flown to Denver 
<laughs> and done 24 hours in Denver to go and take advantage of, you know, certain things that have gone on during the NFL season and things like that. And, and now the fact that I don't have to get on an airplane and fly to Colorado and will be able to just make that drive across the border. I think there will be a lot of people who do that. I mean, listen, we talk about the people that live here and I, when New Jersey market opened, I personally knew of a lot of people who were kind of flying back and forth between Vegas and Jersey to take advantage of the two different offerings and stuff. Now, a lot of those people either go to Colorado now or have even just relocated up to Colorado to have all the various offers. But I do think that you're going to see some of these guys out here now that it is a drive, like you said, just right down the road. And with NFL only being once a week, it's not one of those things where it's like that crazy of a deal to be like, I'll take off on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning and drive down there and you know, but yeah, it takes two hours for me, you know, 30 minutes down there, maybe an hour to do the bets and a 30 minutes back, like two hours out of your day is not like the craziest thing in the whole world to go down there and take advantage of what are certain to be awesome sign up bonus offers, the free bets, the match bets, the, all the different things like that, that, that you see that these, uh, that these guys offer. So yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. I think people are going to do it. Well, it'll be fascinating to watch. And I think we'll start to hear those stories uh, come around pretty quickly in Nevada among the circles that uh, that you and I run in. Yeah, and I mean, it? Caesars alone, I mean, we didn't even talk about this. Caesars has roll, rolled out a $5,000 risk-free bet, right? Like, right. Uh, uh, like you could, you could, you could, you could, Say oh five thousand dollars free I could go get on a plane and do that just for that like half hour drive to the, across the border to Arizona if Caesars if and when Caesars launches sure and that's just one of you know you like uh, we talk about these it's you know it's a great cust if you're a customer who has, doesn't already have accounts at all these things like yeah like it's no brainer if you're in Nevada to go to go to go we sign up all for all time. these we and get, get the free like, money talk, yeah like we try not to talk about the sign up yeah I mean the sign up stuff and on this part, but really I mean yeah it really is like with all that stuff it's it's just enticing to especially for people who aren't used to getting all of that stuff uh certainly worth worth doing uh dustin let's talk about you know we talk about states with populations that don't jump off the page to you let's hit let's hit on wyoming here uh yeah i mean we look at looking at wyoming is probably the next launch probably beating uh arizona they they've talked about a september 1st launch there final they finalized the rules there uh they have uh, five licenses available we know some of the the three big three big ones DraftKings, fanduel bet mgm have all uh set put in letters of intent to operate in the state. So yeah, we're looking like again on like Wyoming, not quite as fast as Arizona, but still pretty fast from law to, to launch, but uh, a little bit less complicated, not as many people interested because like you said, half a million people in Wyoming, not, not a huge market, but you know, when you're, when you're a big company, you're like, well, I'm why, why not? I already have it. You already have a database, especially if you're DraftKings and FanDuel of, of probably some DFS folks who you can just instantly convert to, the sports betting. So, uh, yep, small market, but it is does add to the ledger of, of states with a more open online sports betting uh, there. And my only regret is I was in Wyoming before this launch. Uh, and then I cannot, cannot be betting while I was hanging out in, in the Tetons. I know that would have been, that'd have been great. They certainly would have made Wyoming maybe even better, but the, I saw the photos and they were absolutely stunning. I was, I was jealous of your, of your trip for sure. Um, guys, we're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. Just to mention that, go in, subscribe, rate, and review. We really do appreciate that. And as we said, you should follow Dustin on the Twitter machine at Dustin Galker. You should follow Adam at Adam Candy Two E's. No, why? And if you really do hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown M Two. We were told we were told you worked on your Twitter, so it should be better. It uh, should be while you're it gone. Should be. It should be. Listen, I try to do just the little things, right? I'm always working. I'm a work in progress. I understand that I'm not finished product here, guys. So I'm I'm trying as hard as I can. Uh, Adam, take us home with our state updates. 
when we look at the states that still have uh, to go here, we're still looking at Maryland. We're still looking at Louisiana. We're still looking at South Dakota. Uh, nothing huge to report out of Maryland or Louisiana of late. Um, the biggest thing we can say is in South Dakota, the rules have been approved. Uh, it's a very limited market in South Dakota. You're looking at uh, in person in Deadwood. Um, this will be probably one of the smaller sports betting markets, along with Arkansas uh, in the entire country. Um, not much to say when it comes to that state. Massachusetts is a state where everybody knows uh, that we've been talking about two dozen bills that have now been consolidated down to a couple. No movement in the Senate. We keep checking. We keep asking uh, the Senate. Um, I'm guessing everyone is either Cape Cod or Martha's Vineyard or somewhere vacationing for the rest of the summer <laughs> because they have a session that runs through the end of the year and they're not feeling any urgency to get things going because frankly, there's no chance that they get something done in time for this NFL season. So I think they kind of see that 2022 is the more realistic target for the state of Massachusetts. And there are things to resolve between the Senate and house bills. So nothing new to report out of Massachusetts. Um, there have definitely been some rumblings in Florida, uh, the, and I put this in giant air quotes, Florida education champions of <laughs> FanDuel and DraftKings have been starting to round up folks for their petition that is upcoming to try to open up the Florida sports betting market beyond just Hard Rock and the Central Tribe. So uh, we'll see where that ends up in future months. Guys, as always, everything we're talking about here on the pod, you can find over at LegalSportsReport.com. Go in, read the articles, give uh, Adam and his... Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.